Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I am your confidence coach, specializing in communication and personal transformation. I practice this through feng shui and organization, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and all that spirituality woo-woo. My mission in life and goal with this podcast is to help you achieve total freedom and optimize your life by building confidence within your mind, body, and spirit. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, but rather something that you learn. And with confidence, personal, time, and financial freedom are already manifesting deep within you. So if you love personal development, spirituality, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, confident soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I am your host on your confidence building journey. And I am really looking forward to today's episode because previously on the podcast, I've talked a lot about conditioning, releasing energy that doesn't serve you, forgiveness, reframing trauma, processing emotions, etc. All of this I've talked about with the goal to understand the truth about who you are and not who you have been conditioned to believe that you are. But what does that even mean? And why is it important to understand this if you want to have unshakable confidence? I recognize that this type of language doesn't resonate with everybody or or not everyone understands what all of this is about. So I want to introduce to you an idea that might help you understand a little bit better and also allow it to be a guide for you in the future as you go through the process of understanding yourself better, where your conditioning comes from, and how deconstructing this will lead you to your confident self. So let's start with what is conditioning? And no, I am not talking about your hair. (laughs) I'm actually talking about a psychological process. Conditioning is similar to learning. It's, it's a kind of learning that explains behavioral responses you have because of associations made with environmental stimuli. These associations can be made on micro or a macro level. Maybe you've heard of Pavlov's dogs before. Pavlov was a Russian researcher studying saliva in dogs. I mean, I don't know the specifics of what he was looking to discover, but his research led him in a different direction. Pavlov was measuring the amount of saliva a dog would produce based on exposure to stimuli. He found that dogs would salivate when they saw food. That's not too complicated. Easy to understand, right? But then he began to ring a bell to call the dogs to the food. Eventually, the dogs would begin to salivate just from hearing the bell, even without the presence of food. This is conditioning, an elicited response to an environmental stimuli. Here's the point. The dog's saliva response to the bell is not the dog's inherent nature. It's a behavior that the dog has adopted because it was exposed to the bell enough times that it elicited a response to the bell. 
So now, every time the dog hears a bell, it's going to salivate because it thinks it will receive food, even if food isn't there. So I'm going to explain further throughout this episode how this can be problematic when we were when we're talking about more serious things other than dogs, obviously. But it creates a nice imagery for you to relate back to and to understand. So now that you understand what conditioning is, let's talk about spiritual blocks. I've often mentioned the word trauma in this podcast, and when unprocessed, trauma is a spiritual block. More generalized, a spiritual block or obstacle is an energetic force that prevents you from connecting with and living through your higher self. Your higher self is simply your true self, who you really are. It's the part of you that doesn't have any conditioning. It's the part of you that doesn't elicit unwanted responses to what isn't true. So it's the part of the dog that knows it's unnecessary to salivate when the bell rings, Rather, it waits until the appropriate stimulus is in place, which is food. These spiritual blocks can take on many forms, and I think you're really going to find this next part helpful. I learned about this concept of PESTS, an acronym that I heard from Sharon Jameson on a podcast. I was really inspired by her interpretation of spiritual blocks, but I felt that I could expand on this idea further, so I just ran with it and adapted her pests into my own idea of overcoming fear of ghosts. Ghosts is an acronym for various potential spiritual blocks we can experience if we don't allow ourselves to process and neutralize them in a healthy way. Because not not processing them is how we find ourselves conditioned to elicit unwanted responses or behaviors and ultimately live a life that is untrue to our higher selves. So what are ghosts? Well, they're spiritual blocks. And it stands for, because ghosts is an acronym, it stands for groomed, handed down, oppression, story, trauma, and significant emotional events. I should really start utilizing this acronym more frequently because it's more accurate than simply saying the word trauma as like this as like this umbrella term all the time. And I I often find myself saying everyone experiences trauma, but that that is just so open to misinterpretation. We often exclusively think of trauma as like this horrific things that happen to people, but it's so much more than that. It's not just horrific things, it's life events that happen to you that imprint an unwanted conditioned response because it's out of alignment with your higher self. Maybe you've heard of the phrase, big T trauma and little t trauma, which I also find to be quite helpful um, by painting this picture that trauma is a spectrum unique to each person and you can't compare one person's trauma to another and that there, there's big T trauma and little t trauma. Um, you know, like there are, there are small things that can still imprint us and make a big effect on us. So there are also big things that um, imprint us and affect us. So So let's look at these spiritual blocks a little bit further, because I'm sure that you'll be able to relate to at least one of the blocks, if not more than one or two or three. Some of the blocks are related to each other or there are similarities, but they all do stand alone in their own classifications. So let's start with groomed. What have you been groomed to believe Grooming comes from the people that both positively and negatively influence us, whose behaviors we emulate or mimic. 
A lot of our groomed behaviors come from our parents, our older siblings, friends, but also society in a larger scale. So what are some examples? We are groomed to say thank you and you're welcome. So those are good things, obviously. Some not so good things, like holding in emotions in hopes not to appear weak or valuing achievement over fulfillment. Other societal norms such as heteronormativity or pursuing higher education, high-paying, quote-unquote, normal jobs or hustling. These are all examples of conditioned behaviors that are potentially out of alignment with who you really are because you've been shown that this is the right way to do things. So let's look at handed down. This is when we get into epigenetics and ancestral trauma and lineage. I recommend checking out episode three if you want to learn more about this specifically. I have a guest host on discussing this topic in depth. But in a nutshell, it is behavioral patterns and beliefs that are passed down generationally. This is why we often hear things like addiction runs in the family or cancer runs in the family. These can be passed down through DNA, but it's up to you to not fall victim to them, which I'll touch more on that in a minute. But this could also be abuse. Abuse can be handed down, but it can also be groomed and traumatic, and it can actually be like almost all of the ghosts, which we'll touch on. But it's interesting how you can see how these are interconnected and how they relate to each other. So now let's look at oppression. Oppression targets a specific demographic of people of which you are burdened with imposed unjust treatment. Some examples of groups or oppressed people are women, people of color, mentally ill, people with obvious genetic disorders, etc. It's the widespread treatment that these people receive that keep them that keep them steps behind the privileged. Some groups are more affected than others. This treatment creates responses that affect them on a micro and macro level. Because I myself, I can only relate to the example of being a woman as I'm white, I'm middle class, I'm healthy, I'm educated, and don't have any other markers or indicators that put targets on me. So as a woman, I was exposed to marginalized gender roles and unrealistic beauty ideals. These macro influences affected me on a micro level. They instilled beliefs within myself that sounded like, you need to get your hair frizz under control and make sure your legs are shaved and you'll never outpace a man in the mechanical industry, etc. Those beliefs affected the choices I made and ultimately how I felt about myself. But as I decondition. I no longer believe these things or allow them to impose limitations on myself because my higher self knows better. Unfortunately, oppression is a tough block to overcome because it inherently has this macro level to it. Groups will continue to be oppressed until the collective overcomes this as a whole. But starting on the micro level, aka yourself, is how the collective will eventually evolve and heal. So now let's look at story or stories. A story is a limiting belief that you either impose on yourself because of something you have directly told yourself or you heard from someone else. So a story might be, I will never get the grades to get it, to make it into university. Well, is that actually true? How do you know that? 
or I will have to work really, really hard to earn a lot of money. Well, is that actually true? I really like this example because this is something I've been rewiring myself to decondition. In order to like rewire my thought process about it, I first heard this idea from one of my my mentors, uh, Manifestation Babe. She talks about how, you know, you don't have to work really, really hard to earn money. You, You earn money by living in alignment with your true self. And she uses this excellent example that just really shifted my perspective and I wanna share that with you. So she talked about how so many people are working 40 plus hours a week. You know, most people work more, but working more than 40 hours a week and still not being able to make ends meet. So working really hard, more than 40 hours and still struggling to put food on the table, make rent, pay bills, etc. So these are the people that are hustling, working hard. But then we have these billionaires out there that probably don't work 40 hours a week. You know, they they work their own schedule and work as often as they want to. And these are the people that aren't busting their ass. And, you know, I'm not saying that billionaires don't work hard, but what I'm saying is that they aren't struggling through their work. But yet they still have billions of dollars So if we go back to this notion that you have to work really, really hard to earn money, then how is that true? Is that really true? Because now that you understand this analogy of like people that are working 40 plus hours a week that still can't make ends meet, but then there's billionaires that aren't working like that and have billions, like that notion just doesn't make any sense anymore and it really makes you have to wonder like where did this story come from where did I hear this story that you have to work really really hard to earn money and it makes you question and decondition and look for the truth so then we have trauma trauma in its mainstream definition might look like car accidents war abuse unexpected deaths It can be any single event or prolonged enduring a person experiences that causes psychological or physical pain. And because of these experiences, we elicit responses to stimuli that remind us of those events. So look at PTSD, someone that fought in the war. And, you know, when they hear a gunshot or a really loud noise, they respond or react in such a way to protect themselves. And then when they come home from the war and somebody drops, I don't know, a glass on the floor and they panic or they go into this this response, this, uh, this fight, flight or freeze response because of what they've been conditioned to or how they've been conditioned to respond in a war circumstance. So that's what trauma looks like. And now let's look at the last one, significant emotional events. This is generally a one-time occurrence of something that happened to you in your life. Often we aren't even aware of the side effects of significant emotional events had on us until we embark on a healing journey. It's until we begin to heal that we unearth these behaviors that we have and eventually trace them back to an event that in the moment was significant, but looking back, we don't pay much attention to it until someone shines a light on it. So I'll use the example 
because it came up for me recently and it's fresh in my mind. But I was I was looking at my worthiness and my um, where I'm struggling with in my worthiness. And I was reminded of a time when I was in the seventh grade. And I won't say his name. Um, I'll make up a name. I'll call him Bob. But I had a major crush on Bob. And uh, due to peer pressure and whatnot, Bob uh, invited me to go to the school dance with him. And I gotta say, I I was not the most attractive 12-year-old. I get that. I know that. And Bob was the most attractive guy in our class, if I'm, if I'm speaking honestly here. And I had this huge crush on him. He invited me to the dance because he was peer pressured. And um, fast forward and long story short, went to the dance. Bob did not want to dance with me. He danced with another girl in the class who was super beautiful and who I was definitely jealous of because she was so beautiful and appeared to have it all. And I felt so rejected. And I also heard from my best friend at the time, she heard Bob talking behind my back to someone saying that he didn't want to go to the dance with me. And I just felt so rejected. And my heart was so broken. Like, I mean, take into consideration that I'm a 12-year-old, right? So, you know, as as much as a 12-year-old's heart can be broken, my heart was so broken. I was so crushed. I was so rejected. And I felt, I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. I... I really felt like I was so unworthy of love and attention. And yes, in the moment, that was horrible. And I wouldn't say that it was traumatic because it didn't like prevent me from, you know, pursuing romantic relationships in the future and whatnot. But it was a significant emotional event that deeply impacted me. And I'd caught, I'd kind of forgotten about it until I've been having these dreams the past few weeks as my intuition is growing and I was reminded of this this dance and how and that and and how I felt unworthy towards what happened and it was just this light bulb moment for me like oh that's a part of me that needs to heal that's a significant emotional event so these are spiritual blocks one thing that all of the ghosts have in common is that they all impact you on an emotional level these ghosts actually become ghosts when we don't allow ourselves to healthily process what is happening to us, to neutralize it, and detach from it. This is really what suppressing emotions is. Emotions are energy, energy in motion. When you suppress this energy, it stays in the body, whether that be the physical body or in the auric field. This energy is stored in our cells and it creates a muscle memory that eventuates into patterns of behavior to the same or similar similar stimuli. In other words, a conditioned response. This This is energy and this energy is so powerful that it can even be passed down generationally, just like we touched on before. And until you process neutralize and detach from these emotions you are likely to always have this energy inside of you continuing the cycle of conditioned responses so the example of i didn't finish my higher education therefore i I am unworthy of acceptance in the workforce financial abundance and success a conditioned response would be having those limiting beliefs and then actually allowing these limiting beliefs to affect your decisions 
This would be evident if I only ever, this would be evident if you only ever allow yourself to play small. These spiritual blocks are not you. It's what you have been exposed to. And you haven't been taught to be an observer of your own life to deconstruct what happens to you in order to unearth what is actually true. Transformation lies in the truth. Truth leads to trust. Think about your closest relationships in your life. They're loving and enduring because there's a strong element of trust involved, right? It's no different with yourself. Trust is how you will become unshakably confident, having that strong relationship with yourself. But the other ingredient is self-love. It takes a great dedication to yourself to peel back the layers of your conditioning to find out who you truly are and then radically accept yourself. You have to be willing to practice radical acceptance, radical self-love, radical responsibility, and radical honesty. You have to be gentle with yourself. Having a modality in your life to practice introspection, to be that observer in your life is critical. This is why we talk about meditation, journaling, stuff like that on the podcast. They help you check in with your higher self to conclude what is actually true. When you unearth the truth, you no longer elicit these, un- these conditioned responses and you rise above your limiting beliefs. So what are your ghosts? What stories, traumas, or significant emotional events holding you back from realizing your potential? Stopping you from connecting to truth to build that strong foundation of trust in yourself so that you achieve anything with confidence. I encourage you to really reflect on this, not only to build your confidence, but to bring yourself closer to personal freedom. Overcoming fear of ghosts is really how you will come to that point of personal freedom and you respond from your higher self instead of your conditioned self. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. I I really believe that if you think long and hard that you'll find a lot of value in the message that I have today. So, and so so give yourself a pat on the back or for pursuing some personal development today and soaking up the goodness that I have to, for you today. Again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.